Hey everyone, quick disclaimer. Rachel's audio is kind of rough at times in this. She chose to live on a mountain, so we all must carry this burden together. Also, this episode contains sensitive subjects including child abduction, abuse, sexual assault, and murder. Okay, yeah, so my friend Tara owns a farm. And her, her, she turned like a smokehouse on her farm into a chicken coop. So the actual coop is the smokehouse, and then there's a chicken run outside of it. So she just, she just texted me, there is a skunk in the chicken coop. And I'm like, that's hilariously awful. And then I just got updates. And it's, when she said in the coop, for whatever reason, I just thought it was in the, the run outside of the coop. Like the big open area that's like well not open the the caged area that they hang out in that's like their little protective layer uh-huh. he's literally in the coop like un- under the she has like a like yeah. this multi-layer platform deal where they roost at night and there's a tarp under it so that they don't sh- like shit all over the floor and she can just clean it off easily he's like under the tarp <laughs> <laughs> and she's she's like it doesn't smell terrible in there but it does smell bad, just not like yeah, normal skunk. skunks have like a natural musk, but like it's only when they spray yeah. like that's when it gets bad. Uh, no, I mean he's and just he's hotboxing just... the chickens. <laughs> yeah, he's hotboxing the chickens, and she's like, "I'm concerned he's he's sick because I've never seen a skunk here in the three years I've been living here, and he's just hanging out in the coop and doesn't want to leave." She goes, it's, it's possible. I have no idea how to coax it out. If it's tired, like, it'll just conk out. Like, have you seen that video of the guy kayaking and there's, like, a raccoon, like, in the middle of, like, a lake? And it's swimming and it's frantic and it sees the the kayaker, so it swims up to it. And the guy's like, oh, and picks up the raccoon. The raccoon, like, curls behind him and falls asleep. And the guy just, like, yeah, lets it like, sleep. I'm and it exhausted. sleeps for, like, seven hours. Well, so he's yeah, just like, he's I want to go home. Fucking but... out there swimming, looking for land yeah. for like a day. Yeah, but it's like a, a, a place with like a bunch of like islands. Like think the 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 marsh around here. It was kind of like that. But the That's raccoon insane. was asleep for a long time, and like I think animals just get like that, where they'll they they get desperate yeah. to like just get somewhere, then they'll just conk out, get somewhere safe, and just ko. Or like when uh, a fox gets a can stuck on its head and it just walks up to a human, like help. Please, I know you have thumbs. Yeah, that was today at work. We found, um, like, I thought it was a pile of dead chipmunks in one of our, we have these, like, they're these big rolling bins that we put all of our compost bags in because then we have, uh, like, a lift gate truck comes, rolls the bins into the back, takes them to our, like, industrial compost and our actual, like, food composter. Um so we go to empty one of these bins and there's a bunch of there's like three what i thought were living chipmunks and a bunch of dead ones piled in the corner and then come to we start moving it because we're like oh no like a bunch of you died trying to get food we're gonna let you out so we so we scooted over to the grass we're slowly tipping it over to let them out fucking the pile of what i thought was dead chipmunks was like six living ones and they were all just trying to keep warm were they attached to the tail were they a squirrel king maybe they stopped being one the second we tipped it over because they yeeted themselves out in every fucking direction (laughs) a bunch of them ran over somebody's shoes and they like kept going on that path and he was like what the fuck and i was like you're the chosen one you're you're the chipmunk king now clearly um and then there was a a mouse under that entire pile 
and just like a bunch of dead mouse bodies. And I'm like, how long have all of you been in here? <laughs> My good Lord. <laughs> Welcome to We Have That Podcast at Home. I'm on brand Rachel. I'm on brand Gamage. <laughs> this is our off brand podcast. The only broadcast that is written by robots. Each week, we play Russian roulette with our success and spin a wheel to find out the genre of the next week's podcast. This week, we're attempting to find art of... Wait, can we actually Human emotion. A... What? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, I want to do this exactly the same on your side, but I want to change mine just a little bit. So okay. I, I'm going to restart. All right. Welcome to We Have That Podcast at Home. I'm On Brand Rachel. And I'm On Brand Gamage. And this is our off-brand podcast. <laughs> no, I want you to do the robot thing. Well, this is a robot. <laughs> We're all robots in the up. economy. I really wanted to do this. I, like, was... I was half committed to the robot voice, and then I made a mistake and uncommitted to it. <laughs> <laughs> So I didn't do it for my second part, and I really want to. <laughs> well, that's, that's on you. That's not on me. I know. Not... All right. All right. We're just going to go for whatever this one is. Okay. Welcome to We Have That Podcast at Home. I'm On Brand Rachel. And I'm Monkey Stevens. And this is our off-brand podcast. Monkey Stevens just learned how to read. <laughs> Are you telling me this is scripted? <gasps> Fuck, I revealed our secrets. Even this part is scripted. What the hell? Yeah, wait. Why is all of this scripted? I'm just reading off of a Hold on, let me look. Google let me look. Doc. Even that pause was scripted. It was just dot dot dot. This even has the outro and then shows me like going pee later. This has my this has the rest of my week's schedule on it. It even has me finding out my week's schedule. Why does this have a picture of me sitting here currently taken from behind me? It says I Are rob a curry house? store. Oh, shit. Do you even like curry? No. Well, yes. So I don't you, like Indian just, curry. Too much turmeric. I was going to say, so you're just robbing it on principle? Um, yes. All right, let's start again for the last time. I promise it'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to We Have That Podcast at Home. I'm On Brand Rachel. I'm On Brand Gamage. <laughs> And I'm threatening you. <laughs> this is so our off-brand podcast. And I'm about to off-brand <laughs> stab you. The only podcast <laughs> to venture into the unknown and get more aggressive with each take. The only podcast to bravely venture to the unknown, bravely venture into the unknown, and give you tinnitus from our off-brand knife that we're aggressively stabbing you with. Each week we play. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, each week, we stab you with a weird new knife and juggle success. They're not always we weird knives, kill but... Off, as we slowly kill off our listening audience. Um, each week, we play Russian roulette with our success and spin a wheel to find out the genre of the next week's podcast. This week, we're attempting the fine art of true crime. Ooh, for October because it's October now we're in spoopy month yeah it's the first well I I guess we're not gonna it, this it won't be the first episode posted in spoopy no month, it's gonna but be it's the like first episode recorded in spoopy of, month yeah 
Well, for us, this is spoopy month for you. Well, I guess. It'll still be well, spoopy month. No, I guess the last one was the Am I the Asshole. Yeah. Or no. When is the next one that's being posted? Uh, the one that was posted October Has... 1st was the cryptid one. Which is a good start. Oh, dope. Okay. Yeah. All right. Then the first one is spoop. We're it's good. Spoop? We're yeah, we're, we're, we're spoop. <laughs> we're in full spoop mode. <laughs> as, as we talk to our like 13-year-old teenager, we're spoop. Your old man <laughs> used to be spoop back in the day. Hey, you don't know this, but me and your mom used to be real spoop. <laughs> we used to spoop all over the place. We used to go down Just, to the club. We used to spoop in class. We used to roll on spoop. I have snorted so much spoop. I I drank spoop so much until I spooped the bed. Do they still make spoop in coconut flavor? No, you see, spoop was so much better before they tried to reboot it on WB. Anyway, my st- uh today we're what doing is true WB? crime. Warner Brothers. <laughs> I think I was going for oh. CW because it's like CW oh, does WB okay. stuff. Okay, I was like. Harry Spoop? Harry Harry Poot? Warner Bros? Hello? It's just you. So yeah. we're doing true crime today. My story, I don't know if you know this, have you ever heard of Katie Beer's The Girl in the Wall? No, what the fuck? That already has a crazy title. It does, yeah. For, for a true crime? Yes. I'm like, oh, we're talking about a real thing and it starts with the words The Girl in the Wall. Yes, it's a real thing. I'm intrigued. No, I've not heard of this. Okay. For context, we're going to go over the key players here. We have nine-year-old Katie Beers, who lived with her hyper-neglectful mother. Hyper-neglectful. The quote-unquote girl in the wall. Yeah. Uh, Katie Beers is the girl in the wall. Uh, she lives with her hyper-neglectful mother, Marilyn Beers, and her older half-brother, John Beers. No father in the, in the picture. Okay. The two children were constantly left in the care of their godmother, Linda Ingulari, and her husband, Sal Ingulari. And we also have family friend, John, quote-unquote, Big John Esposito. Okay, so we have two people that have nicknames. Katie, girl in the wall beers. I mean... John, Big John Esposito. Sorry, not to make light of what is probably a horribly tragic story. Uh, the I mean, Katie Beers, uh, the 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 girl on the wall, that was more of like a headline thing, but mm-hmm. Big John, that was his actual nickname that he gave himself. I figured. I was making jokes about things you shouldn't make jokes about. Gamage, God, because I I don't have any context yet, so I can make jokes still without feeling. Save terrible. that for our racist episode. Oh God, that's gonna be our Halloween special. We'll dress gonna, up as ghosts and everything. S- I'm gonna be sick that week. <laughs> Uh, all right, so December 28th, 1992, nine-year-old Katie Beers goes missing, and that's just two days before turning 10, so she's 10. Okay. A message is left on the answering machine of Katie's godmother, Linda Ingulari, uh, saying, Aunt Linda, a man kidnapped me, and he had a knife. Oh no, here he comes, I gotta go. Did it sound like that, or are you just reading it weird? I mean, it does sound a little fabricated when you actually hear it, and she does sob during it, but that is the, 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 the transcript of the message. Got it. So, Linda Ingulari calls 911 to report the message, citing that she was taken to Spaceplex Amusement Arcade by family friend Big John, John Esposito. 
uh, police were already on scene at Spaceplex with John Esposito, who ran in to tell staff that there's been an abduction. Okay, so he's already called 911. They're already at the place by the time they get this message on the answering machine? Yes. Okay. So, uh, it gets weirder when police check phone records to learn that while the call did in fact come from the payphone at the Spaceplex, the message was left after trying to call 19 times. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, imagine That's a lot of quarters. Imagine being nine years old and using the payphone with quarters 19 times to call your house because someone's coming at you with a knife. And that's the Is story. Is that what was happening? That's, that's the story so far. Holy shit. So the phone records say, yes, there were, there was 19 calls from this payphone to this number. Okay. So this little kid is in this payphone trying to call home 19 times with a fuck ton of quarters and <laughs> like not getting through while somebody has a knife on her. I'm sorry. Do you find that hard to believe, Rachel? Yeah, because it's fucking well, not <laughs> not like hard to believe in the context of the world. Because people no, it's suck, absolutely but like, hard Jesus to believe. Christ, that sounds awful. All right, so the message left on the answer machine gets sent to the FBI, who analyze the frequencies and other audio techno babble words. And they discover FBI that things. Yeah, they discover that Katie's voice is pre-recorded, ah. as in a, as in a tape recorder. So oh, you have to call 19 times then. They called, well, they, somebody had a tape recorder. They called the house 19 times and eventually gave up and just left a message. Oh, see, I, I feel like I would have just left a fucking message on the first one. Well, they were hoping to get somebody. Yeah, I guess. I, I, oh, I guess because they can't, think... like, pay phone, they can't call back. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, I'm sorry. So, so uh, that's fine. Pre-recorded, we called... Fucking, how much does it cost? To, is it 50 cents for a payphone? I think so. Yeah. I think, I, I don't know. I barely remember payphones when I was a kid, but I think, like, if the call doesn't go through, you don't get, like, like you get the money back, maybe? I don't remember. Um, yeah, something, something like 25 cents to place the call and 50 to continue, like, 25 cents more to continue it or something. Also, there was, right. like, the C-A-L-L-A-T-T, collect call bullshit. Remember those yeah. commercials? Sorry, uh, not I, I like remember collect calls and what you're talking about. I don't necessarily remember. You don't remember the the Bob had a baby. It's a boy. No, oh, it was one of my favorite commercials. Uh, this guy's like on the phone at a hospital and he's like, I'd like to place a collect call. Um, first name, Bob, last name, had a baby. It's a boy. And <laughs> his, 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 it shows his parents uh, accepting the collect call. They're like, you have a collect call from Bob had a baby. It's a boy. Nope. Sorry. Wrong number. And he hangs up. <laughs> Who was that? Oh, it was Bob. He had a baby. It's a boy. It's a boy. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> commercials used to mean something. Anyway, uh, back to this tragedy. Yes. Okay. So they call 19 times, finally leave a message. Yeah. And it's pre-recorded. Correct. Which explains why when Linda finally got to it, she called 911, but it was already happening. Yes, makes sense. So police found no evidence that Katie was even seen at Spaceplex, the amusement arcade. Interesting. Making it even more suspicious that she had called from the payphone outside and that John Esposito ran inside to have staff call the police. 
So, using common sense, police begin to look into John Esposito. Makes sense. Uh, so he's known as Big John because he puts posters around town advertising that he's a big brother. I don't know if they still do this. They probably do. Uh, there used to be organizations. Like big brother as in the organization that does like the big brother, big sister program? Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Okay. I don't, yeah, know, I I don't know if they still I'm do that. I'm pretty sure that's, no, I think that's still actively a thing. Yeah, like it's it's in a, an outreach program for at-risk kids or yeah people who don't have general guidance. They have like big brothers, big sisters who take them around to parks, organize camping trips, mm-hmm. blah, 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 keep kids off the streets and away from bad influences. Yeah. So John Esposito had claimed to be part of one of these organizations and hence why he goes by Big John. Uh, so the police con- uh, contacted said organization. They learned that Esposito had been rejected after a background check revealed that he was arrested in 1977 for attempting to abduct a young boy. Oh my god, what? Sources are conflicted whether the boy was 7 or 12, but that's what happened. So he was rejected, and then he's like, I'm gonna be my own big brother. I'm sorry if you already said this, I'm not taking notes. Um, Is he related to the family in some way? He's or he a just family called... friend. Okay, alright, sorry. I've, that's what I thought. I was like, he's not just like some fucking rando. That so, seems too straightforward. No, so he's no, a family he's, friend. So and, and he's just like, I'm I'm gonna do I'm gonna be their big brother and take them on arcade trips and stuff. Yeah, so we're freelancing. Yeah. <laughs> Despite all the red flags, police did search Esposito's house multiple times, found no evidence of Katie being there. Okay. Uh, police do not relent and they stick close to Esposito. Uh, there's constant news coverage outside his house and community involvement. The case was only inching forward. And as you know, the longer these cases go, the worse the outcome looks. Mm-hmm. 17 days go by. Esposito suddenly turns himself in for the abduction of Katie Beers. What the fuck? He takes police into his home and reveals that a bookshelf installed in a wall rolls out. Behind is a vinyl floor that is pulled back to reveal a 200-pound cement block that can only be lifted with a block and tackle pulley that is kept separately in the garage. What the fuck? This very specific system was devised to hide a bunker where Katie Beers was being kept. It was like a hallway of like several chambers and stuff. What the fuck? The story only gets more interesting here from here, Rachel. Did, okay, like, did this already exist from, like, when people were really afraid of nuclear war and so, he just utilized it for this purpose? Or did he explicitly have a weird fucking cave dungeon built in his so house? So apparently he and had And the contractor it, was like, eh. Yeah, so apparently he did have this installed um, what the a couple fuck? years earlier. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. So, despite being kidnapped and sexually assaulted by someone trusted, Katie was found calm and collected and alive. Jesus. Uh, it's revealed that since she was two, she, had, she was being sexually abused by Sal, her godmother's husband. Oh my god, this poor child. Since she was two, Linda would call her a liar and abuse her in other ways, like giving her, like making her do all these chores at two, by the way abusing her emotionally physically so she she's been having a rough childhood and this uh, poor baby esposito's basically i'm gonna kidnap you and then rape you 
And he, uh, it's reported that he was even saying, like, you're going to be in here forever, is one of the things he said to her. Uh, and she's just like, yeah, that tracks, unfortunately, with my life so far. So, uh, sure. so apparently, Esposito had also been sexually abusing her brother, John Beers, until he was too old. Oh, oh. I don't know why. I mean, I, I know why he didn't report it, but, like, there, there was a lot going on here, basically. Oh, Jesus. So Esposito would keep Katie in a larger bunker room with a TV where he brought her junk food and toys before sexually assaulting her. Uh, when he left, he locked her in a coffin-sized cell with a chain around her neck. Oh, my God. Katie. This poor baby. Oh, my Jesus Christ. Uh, Katie proved herself to be smart and brave by managing to figure out how to escape the cell and then stowing the keys away, allowing her to stay in the larger room, even when Esposito was away. So she'd get locked up, wait like 10 minutes, and then like let herself out to go into the room with the TV. What a um, baller. Ugh, man. <laughs> She's like, I'm fucking 10, fuck you. She would update herself constantly on the situation by watching the news, knowing that Esposito was the primary suspect. She would use this information by applying pressure to Esposito with inquiries about his long-term plans. Like, where is this going, John? What's what's the end game here, John? God uh, damn. What a... Oh, my She Jesus. peppered him with questions, hoping the stress would cause him to make a mistake. Uh, eventually, Esposito would try to convince her to pretend to be dead while he took photos. Like, lay down and look dead. Uh, she refused believing that if she did that, there'd be no turning back. Because, you know, once Fair. she's, like, dead, like, then if they were to ever get closer, he'd kill her, is what her thought was. Mm -hmm. uh, she refused. Uh, she then stopped eating food for fear that he was going to poison or sedate her and then take the photos. She was actually not getting a lot of sleep in this time. Dude, this kid is a fucking force to be reckoned her with. Persistence, her persistence, yeah, her persistence obviously worked and wore him down to the point where he wasn't, he knew he wasn't going to end well, so he, he self-reported himself. And this was after 17 days? Yes. But the whole God time damn. she's just like, this isn't going to end, you know that. She was 10 years old, also raped like Holy constantly. Don't forget shit. about that part. Yeah, and just fucking out there with the fortitude of a thousand sons. I could She's barely like, make nope, a we're sandwich keep at going. ten. Holy shit, dude. Uh, let's talk conclusions. Yeah, so what Katie the fuck happened? was placed into a foster family immediately because her mother sucks. Her godmother sucked. That's clear. Uh, yeah. Foster family Abundantly. who took really good care of her. She became a well-adjusted adult. She attributes her experience as a source of her strength and has several books on her story. No way. Yeah. What are they called? Uh, there's a couple that were, um, I forget the names of them, but her, her big one is uh, her memoirs, Buried Memories. You like just Amazoning Buried it? Memories. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. she's yeah she's she she's married with kids now. She's well adjusted. God damn, what a yeah, just like a badass, really. Right? Honestly, like there's not fucking emotionally manipulating a whole lot like, your of other words to uh, describe. I guess when just the police uh, fucking found having her the fortitude to keep going. Jesus. But yeah, I mean, like growing up in the bad household she was, and then this part, this part was like, this is just Tuesday for me, man. But where, yeah, where are you going? That's like, 
tragically sad that she was that absolutely adjusted to that type of situation that she could just fucking be like all right we're just gonna roll through this it did give her the tools and the mindset to like uh properly adapt to the situation and and get a a way out like god damn girl um sal ingulari the the godmother's husband who was molested Mm -hmm. who was molesting her since two uh, was convicted and served 12 years in prison. He died in prison. Good, fuck that uh, guy. John Esposito was sentenced to 15 years to life, also died in prison. So that is Katie okay. Beers of The Girl in the Wall. A very, yeah, that's uh, the, goddamn insane. The most lighthearted story, honestly. Yeah, what the fuck do you mean the most lighthearted? You started telling this and I was like, this is lighthearted? Yeah, it, it ended. It ended like she she became one motherfucker of a survivor and emotionally yeah, manipulated no, this guy that... to like report himself and then die in prison. I mean, it's pretty I good. Hope they're both in hell getting pineapples shoved up their ass on a regular for... basis, and I hope she made three million dollars off that book. For a kidnapping rape story, this is the best possible outcome. Yeah, bar none. Yeah, fair enough. Well, that's my story. Okay. Well, my version of a lighthearted story, we'll find out. <laughs> I was going to say whose is better, but that seems like pain Olympics, so that's not really what I mean. Okay, so I chose to do a story about Heyman Lee, who's a woman that was murdered in the late 1990s. And she emigrated here with her family from Korea when she was about 12. There was like a weird excerpt at the beginning of one of the articles that I read that was her dad was in the middle of the immigration process, heard about her death, and just, like, disappeared off the face of the earth. What? So, like, they know he didn't do it because he wasn't in the country, but just, like, he found out about her death, stopped his immigration process, and, like, poof. Hasn't been a player in the game. Yeah, I don't know if it was, like, he just decided to stop emigrating because he didn't have a point to do it anymore or what, but, like, the family hasn't heard from him, at least as far as this article states um but so she was 18 years old when she died she went to woodlawn high school in baltimore and on january 13th 1999 she was last seen leaving her school um to go uh there's like conflicting stories one says to go pick up her six-year-old cousin from something and another one says to get to her job at i think lens crafters um, cause she wanted to hang out with her boyfriend before they started their shift or something like that. Or like before they switched shifts. Huh. But then a month later, her body was found at Lincoln park. Um, Sorry. which is like an eight, not What's... Lincoln park, <laughs> Lincoln, like my faucet be a Lincoln. I, I thought so, but I, I really had to, to you know, to I gotta sure. be honest. I, also laughed when I read the name because I was That's like, unfortunate. This is this is tragic. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody died in mine except for the bad people. And yeah, no, sorry. Somebody did die in this one. Um so uh her body was found at a park that's like an eight minute drive. It's like by roads. It's about two and a half miles away from the school. If like as the crow flies, it's probably closer to like a mile. Like, it's not really far. It's just kind of, you got to go around a couple streets to get there. Um, and then somebody found their body, or found her body while driving around. They were, like, driving around and stopped to pee in the woods of the park and discovered her, like, half-buried body. 
And this guy's name was Alonzo Setters or Seltzers. Um, and his whole shtick when he was talking to the police was that he was drinking and driving, needed to pee, so he walked into the woods of the park to pee and found the body. The weird suspicious part is that he walked like 127 feet into the woods to pee. So the the police originally were really suspicious of him because it's like a weird distance to walk yeah, just to take a I leak. Mean... I, yeah, I, and honestly, he could have he could have been doing something else, but then like fell upon that. He's like, "Shit, I gotta come up with something else." Yeah, well, and I guess where her body <laughs> was left, of the that doubt. park is like that park is known for dumping bodies. Like one of the one of the uh, I think detectives in the case, maybe I for, I forget who I'm quoting, so my apologies if this is incorrect. But someone I- involved in the case, to some extent, said. That if you go to bury a body in Leakin Park, like you're going to find somebody else's body that they've buried. Like yeah, it's, I sense. guess, a popular dumping ground for homicide victims. So he found the body. The police were initially suspicious of him until they got an anonymous tip. And the anonymous tipper said that the they should look into the ex-boyfriend as the killer um, under the like guise of the jilted lover motive. Right. Um, so they pretty much like the second they got this tip, it seems like they dropped this yeah. other guy pretty immediately. Um, and they determined after they recovered her body that she had died of strangulation. So then the story gets nice and weird and confusing. Basically, they get this anonymous tip about the ex-boyfriend and then they start talking to uh, these two people, Jay Wilds and this girl, Jennifer. And Jay Wilds is considered like a casual acquaintance of the ex-boyfriend whose name is Adnan. And by casual acquaintance, I mostly mean uh, this guy, Jay, was dating Adnan's like really good friend, Stephanie, um, and was also his drug dealer. Right. So those are the two lines of connection is BFF's boyfriend and drug dealer. Um, initially he claimed to have no involvement in the situation and then his story got really confusing where it started with, I just went to the wall to buy my girlfriend a gift that day and I have nothing to do with this. I was at a friend's house. I went to a different mall. Uh, Adnan showed me a dead body in the back of a car, um, and asked for help burying her. Yeah, it, it progresses very quickly. Um, asked for help burying her. I initially refused. Um, and then drove him around. Yeah. I, and then drove him around and then he buried it by himself because I refused. But then later his story changes to, I helped him bury it and did it with him. And then later changes to, he told me he killed her at the best buy that I picked him up at. And then later adds that, um, like Adnan premeditated the murder and said he was going to kill her. And then later adds that he asked for help the day before and then later takes that away. And right then now. later says that he told his friend Jennifer about the murder like immediately and then later changes that to a different story. So this guy's story is like popping off. Right in a bunch now, of different without any, knowing anything else, this guy did it is, is what's going on in my head. <laughs> well, let's keep going. Yes. Um, so he like his story is pretty like it's not 
inconsistent in the sense of like when he gets through a timeline like the timeline of like oh we did this 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 and this the general like overall overarching theme is the same but it's inconsistent in the details of like he lied to them about where Adnan showed him the body and stuff like that and like admits that he lied later tells the police that he'll take them to Hay's car because essentially what happened is like he was Jay was borrowing Adnan's car and phone for most of that day that she died and Adnan was getting a ride from Hay like I guess to the mall but Adnan says that he didn't ask her for a ride and then there's another statement where it says he did ask her for a ride so there's like a lot of weird conflicting evidence in this the final story that I'm pretty sure Jay lands on for the actual prosecution is like a timeline where um, he has Adnan's car and phone and then around like 236 because there's call logs he gets a call from Adnan saying that he needs to be picked up at the Best Buy. And then Jay shows up at the Best Buy. Adnan, like, motions him round the back, shows him the dead body in the trunk, and is like, you you need to help me bury this. And then, uh, sorry, I'm, like, trying to go through all my notes and shit. I mean, like, I've, I've watched a lot of, like, the JCS um, interrogation videos. So good. But what I've noticed is that the second you're caught in a lie, everything else you say is bullshit at that point. Like, mm-hmm. if if you clearly weren't involved, except for, like, the, oh, your friend did it, you tell everything the, right the first time and only that time. And then if you're caught after that, like, you're obviously the guy who did it. Yeah, so there's, we'll, we'll kind of get into more of the details, but um, there's a couple interesting things where, like, a podcast covered this murder mystery we'll call it essentially the podcast questions some of the evidence that was presented and some of the lack of evidence that was presented um which reopened adnan's case Hmm. um and while they were doing that they talked to a lawyer that had a similar case uh, that ended up being a false conviction and the lawyer was like yeah i've noticed that when you have uh and you have a defendant that's not actually guilty, they're not helpful. So she's like, once I like ask somebody a bunch of questions and realize, oh, you the reason you don't have shit like shit all for information is because you didn't fucking do this. She's like, I'll right. talk to you again when I figure this out for you. Cause she's like, the thing is, guilty people are gonna sit there and think about it all day and think about how to get out of it and have justifications for everything. And there's gonna be like, all kinds there's gonna be people, all kinds of information. Yes, and she's like, innocent people will present you with evidence and have, like, not a lot of thought process behind it because they didn't fucking do it. So they're not, like, they're not actually being like, how do I get out of... Yeah, well, exactly. They're her, like, and then well, I what were you eating? Like, the dairy freeze. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't remember. So they're not cause... thinking through, like, why did I show up with blood on my shoe? It must be strawberry syrup. It, it's just a lot of, like... I don't know. Like, I don't know why that happened. I don't know why that person says that. Like, the the minor details like, did not, not enter the front of my brain because they were minor details. Yes. Like, I'm not, I, I was not conscious of it. they were nothing to me at the time. Yeah. Um, so, Which makes uh, it, even, yeah, again, like, harder to prove. Way harder. Yeah. So, initially, when Jay started accusing of 
Adnan of the murder, he was super confused and his first lawyer pointed out that it's possible that Jay was jealous because of Adnan's relationship with his girlfriend and how they were like super close friends. Um, and Jay, the police asked Jay why he thinks Adnan asked him for help with burying a dead body since they're described as like by multiple people as like kind of acquaintances like don't like don't have a super close friendship or just kind of in the same social circle um and like they're close in the sense that obviously like he let him borrow his car and phone so i feel like them being described as acquaintances is maybe not the best description like there's a type of friendship happening here. yeah i mean i i feel like you know most of the time it goes into like friend best friend acquaintance is like the the big groups of, of people in your life but i feel like it's way yeah more nuanced than that like there's different levels of friends you have yeah. like well that's my best friend that's my best best friend that's my level one friend uh they're my level well, five and if his... acquaintance but like i'm yeah. I'm friendly enough with them where I'll, I'll i'll invite them to a party or like i know i can yeah. count on them at 3 a.m like if something happens there's different levels of friends i i could kind of understand yeah, well, it, but acquaintance like, isn't the right word for the yeah, and for, like, the borrowing the car and the phone thing, the best connection I got is that since he's dating Adnan's, like, really good friend, um, that that would be, like, a, you have a level of trust for me because you're related to this person. Right. Um, but anyway, so the police were like, why would Adnan ask you for help if you guys both describe each other as, like, not being super close friends? Um, and Jay used the excuse of he's like the criminal element in town because he's the high school drug dealer. Um, uh, and then that's, that's kind of like the excuse that he gives is that uh, like he's the criminal element. So that's why he asked for help. And then the police were like, well, why would you help and go through all of these things? Like there's multiple times when you could have contacted the police and, and then said had something, like eight different like inconsistent stories. Yeah. And his police excuse don't sound was like they're doing he, great in this. Yeah. He, his excuse was that um, he was worried Adnan would out him for his like criminal career of being a drug dealer. And the police oh were like, God. you've been arrested like one time. And he's like, he, yeah, but da, 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 da. And like gave a bunch of excuses. And he's like, I just don't trust the police. Like, even if I'm getting shot at, I'm not going to call you. Which like, fair enough. Yeah. But I know those still people. They a exist. little suspect in a, yeah, still a little suspect in a murder case. Well, I've noticed, um, like, what you want to do is you want to take the heat of the smaller crime to cover up for the bigger crime. So he, so he purposely is like, I'm doing you guys a favor as a drug dealer who could be tried for that. And giving you this murder on a silver platter uh, doesn't smell right to yes. me. Yes. So at one point, so Jay's, like, never super pressed about the shifting details that he gives and the inconsistencies. The Not one time that they work. do really dig into him about it is... um. Like, they take notes of all of it. They just don't right. necessarily, like, aggressively question it is what it sounds like. Um, but the one time they did really dig into him is he initially lied about where Adnan showed him the body and then changed his story later and to a different place. And they were like, why'd you lie the first time? And he's like, well, I thought if I told you about the first location, it would have cameras and implicate me in the crime. And I'm <sighs> like, homie, you just gave, like, a play-by-play -play timeline? Of your involvement, and in the this police case. are just like, yeah, sounds like, right. All what? right, <laughs> yeah, good enough I'm like, for me. That that kind of incriminates you. 
that kind of incriminates you already. So I'm gonna go home and beat my wife now. Yeah. So to get into the details, basically, um, like Hay left school, and the parking lot is like towards the back of the school. Like drove around to the front to get a snack from a place at the front of the school. And then was heading over to supposedly, like, meet her boyfriend to try to make it over to her boyfriend at the mall before they started work or something like that. Um, So the last time she was seen was getting a snack at the front of the school. And Adnan's defense is the timeline for when she got out of school and he got out of school to when they, like, could have met up and all of this could have happened and when the hypothetical phone call of, like, come pick me up and him showing a dead body is really tight. Uh, so, yeah, like, Serial, uh, the podcast that covered this before, tested the time limit between all these things. Jay's whole thing is he said that Adnan calls him to tell him to pick him up at the Best Buy. He sees him in the phone booth, like, wearing red gloves. Um, motion for Jay to come with him to the back of the parking lot where he sees Hay's car. Later, we find out that Adnan has allegedly been back to this location to smoke like weed with a friend and admitted to the friend that that parking spot was like where they used to have like where they used to go like have sex together as high schoolers do. So it's like kind of suspicious that they're in the back of the Best Buy parking lot, as Jay says. Anyways, uh, so the timeline between when the two of them would have had to leave school to meeting up at like this Best Buy or getting to this Best Buy together leaves like one and a half to two to three minutes for him to actually like strangle her and then make this phone call, which is not impossible, but it does not leave like a whole lot of room for like error or thinking about things or really like any problems. Um, so Adnan, like, allegedly called J- calls Jay from this payphone after murdering Hay. The interesting part is Best Buy, the company, doesn't have any record of having a payphone at this location, and the city and phone companies don't have records that go that far back, so they can neither confirm nor deny, but the Best Buy blueprints don't have any evidence, and the police have no records of phone calls to or from that payphone. The way that they base the timeline of when Hay died is off of an arbitrary, like a bunch of the evidence that's presented to accuse Adnan of this charge is um, the phone records and Jay's account of everything are like the two main points. Like there's not a ton of other stuff. Like I'll get into what the other points are, but those are like the two big things that got him convicted. Right. Um, but the interesting part is there's a phone call placed at 2.36 to Adnan's phone that is in Jay's possession, which they say came from this pay phone at Best Buy. All right. <laughs> um, and so that's what they base the timeline of the murder on, despite the fact that Jay never mentions this time. Jay actually repeatedly says that Adnan called him at like 3.40, 3.45, which is significantly later. Right. And then Adnan also has an alibi for that period of time that never gets brought up in court because he had a shit lawyer. And then even Jen, who's this like third party that they interviewed and have a bunch of um, testimony from, says that Jay left her house at like 2.36. So he um, or like after that time or something like that. So like the timeline doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense if you know um, that Jay murdered her. 
Well, not if Jay's at Jen's house. But yeah, <laughs> it just like it doesn't make sense that the call was placed at 2.36 from Adnan after killing her. Right. If he's not there and Jade said he didn't call him at that time. And like, th- there's just like, they just are pretty much like, there's not a real reason they decided it was 2.36 other than it fits their story better. Yeah. So Jay, after that says that he uh, followed Adnan to a park and ride down the street to ditch Hay's car. And then Jay is driving Adnan's car at this time. Adnan goes through the trunk of the car in the back seat of Hay's car, puts a bunch of items into his car, gets into his car with Jay. Um, after the park and ride, Jay says they went to go search for some weed from their homie Patrick. Um, and this is where his timeline, Jay's timeline, starts to get kind of funky. Because first he says he called Patrick for weed, but the call log doesn't match that timeline. So then he says he called Jen to ask if Patrick was home. Jen is on record saying that never happened and wouldn't ever happen because that doesn't make sense. And like what, like she wouldn't know where Patrick is. Jay says they never found Patrick, so they switched to buying weed at the park. Jay mentions some other call where Adnan spoke to a girl, Nisha, Nisha, I think Nisha, and put Jay on the phone briefly. And this is the only call to a friend of Adnan's that is placed during this time. All the other calls are from Jay and Jay's friends or like outgoing from Jay and coming in from Jay's friends. Right. So this is the only thing that really places Jay and Adnan together in the afternoon, like around when the murder happened. And Adnan, according to his story, says that he was already back at school, didn't have his phone with him, and wasn't near Jay or his phone until, like, I think 5.30 p.m. or something after his track meet. So the time for the call with Nisha works, but doesn't match the cell towers that were pinged. So, like, the location that Jay said they were in doesn't match the cell tower that was pinged for that call. And most that happens for most of the rest of the calls that are made for the rest of Jay's story. So he's like, we were at the McDonald's and I called Carol when they were really like, the ping is on the at other the side Burger of town. King. So it's like the time might make sense, but the location doesn't. Right. Um, so most of the rest of the calls do not match the cell tower locations that Jay said they like for the places Jay said they were. And then the timeline gets really skewed where Jay says they went like across the county to smoke weed, but that's super out of the way because Adnan had to make like a track practice. And then Jay gives a very detailed account of them being at a park watching the sunset while Jay, while, uh, sorry, while Adnan talks about murdering Hay. (laughs) And then, but they're like, where they are is like 20, they were there for like 20, 30 minutes, which cuts into when Adnan would have needed to be at track practice so he would have been late or like super late um and his coach did, was like i don't think he was late that day like i don't have any memory of that happening yeah imagine like like um, meeting up with your friend like for 20 minutes like oh hey real quick i'm gonna murder this bitch anyway uh, good seeing you uh brunch sunday yeah sure well this is after so it was more of like hey i asked you to bury this dead body for me let's go to the park and i'm gonna tell you about the murder first yeah it's um, it's Yeah, it's just, like, weird, contextually. So, they're, like, supposedly at this park, supposedly get back for track practice, um, but at the, like, actual official trial, this whole scene that Jay described, like, in detail to police suddenly doesn't exist anymore. 
And the conversation gets displaced to like a couple hours before when they were driving around town looking for weed. And then um, Jay says that Adnan placed a call before he dropped him off at track practice. He thinks to his mom and says that he was speaking a different language, but Adnan's family was like, he doesn't speak. I don't know if he doesn't speak any other languages, but he doesn't speak any of the like the main languages that I believe they were referring to. So I think he might only speak English or did, mostly English. Did Adnan at any point just be like, he's obviously lying. He's obviously the guy who did it, guys. Well, the interesting part is Adnan points out he's like, at one point he when he's talking to one of the people that's interviewed him, um, he's talking about how the cell phone tower thing only worked when it was working in favor of Jay's story, but all the times that it doesn't match, it's like ignored, and any of the times that it matches his story, it's ignored. Like it's oh, like yeah. ah, it's like a red herring. Like it's that that doesn't make sense why that would happen for you, but then when it happens for Jay, it's like yes, that is law, that is life. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I I feel like a, a lot of times um there will be like a true crime story or something where. Once the police get an idea in their head, they don't want to move away from it. Like, they struggle to move yeah. away from it, or it becomes, like, this personal thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, there's that there's that yeah. one murder uh, where that little boy was murdered, and, like, the whole town jumped on the only black guy. Yeah, well, and that's the that lawyer that Serial ended up talking to about a similar case. She's, like, really good at figuring out these types of cases. Yeah. And her first thing is she's, like... One, they never looked into the current boyfriend, which is weird. Yeah. And she's, and then she goes into two, she's like, the way that this reads, a lot of this could have been racism. And it's highly plausible. I, I didn't want to bring that they up talk because about, that, that, was, that was an obvious yeah, one. Like, but... Yeah, but it's, it's like a huge thing that they just kind of neglect to view of like suddenly everybody accepts that he's like this killer and they talk about his quote unquote dark side. And, like, use his religion against him. I I think one of the articles said they used it in trial as, like, a uh, questionable character because he's Muslim kind of a thing. I was, I was about to say, Adnan, is that a, a Islamic name? Yes. Um, I know. I'm going to go with yes. I believe he is Muslim. I don't that, know. I mean, the whole thing is opened up. Like, that all makes sense now. That all tracks. Yeah, so then... After track practice, Jay says he picked up Adnan, which I guess is like a super normal thing. And then at, he like picks him up and then sees him talking to his friend Will. And he told police this, but like Will was never talked to about whether Adnan was or was not actually at track practice. Um, they went to this lady Kathy's house who barely knows Jay, doesn't know Adnan. And she was like, he was really weird, but he's this like high kid in the corner of her living room. Um, so he's like, it, it, when he talks about it, he's like, I'm not really like worried about that. Cause he's like, I feel like she's added context to that situation since all this information came out. So he's like, of course the stranger who's high in your living room is now suddenly like creepy and weird after he's been convicted of murder or <laughs> accused of murder. So they went to this girl Kathy's house. When he was at Kathy's house, he got a phone call from a police officer asking where Hay was. Um, And he was like, at the time, I just thought she was like in trouble and her family was looking for her. Like, I didn't think that she'd been murdered. 
the the cell phone tower pings are consistent with the rest of Jay's story of saying like they left Kathy's, they dropped off evidence here like in a dumpster and then they went to the park, whatever. The phone for sure seems like it was at the park whether Adnan was there or not can be questionable. He at one point takes a phone call while there and somebody says it sounded like him. So the pings track with Jay's story but the timelines do not track with the call with the pings. The rest of the evidence that corroborates Adnan's guilt are that he flip-flops on whether he asked Hay for a ride after school that day. Um, his palm print is found on a map in the back on a map book in the back of her car, but that's kind of circumstantial since they just broke up and DNA isn't dated. He at one point said it was a normal day and doesn't remember details of that day very well, um, but somebody points out that the police calling him should have made it not a normal day. Um, and Kathy's story of him getting called by the police while in her house and then getting worried about it makes it seem like that's kind of bullshit. Um, he called her three times the night before she went missing, but then never called her again Yeah. after she went missing. On a letter from Hay, where she tells him that he needs to respect her decision of breaking up and that he needs to move on, he was passing notes back and forth with him and a mutual friend, and you can see them writing back and forth, and then at the top in his handwriting it says, I'm going to kill. And then some neighbor said he saw the body of a girl in a trunk of a car and was shown by his friend Adnan. But the neighbor says that he never said that, didn't know Adnan, but knew Jay. And the police report where the, like, when this guy tells his neighbor, the neighbors called the police. And when they reported it, it was a month after Adnan had already been in jail for this. Mm. So that one's, like, not super clear of, like, filling in the blanks or, um, like, falsely, you know, like, accusing somebody. Right. Um... And then there's a call placed at, I think, like 6.30 where Jen says Adnan picked up and says that Jay will call her when he's ready to be picked up. Um, he So Adnan picks up the phone and says Jay will call Jen when he's ready to be picked up from wherever they are. And that is one of the pings that happens at the park around the time that she was supposedly buried. Um, the biggest smoking gun is the call to Nisha in the middle of the afternoon when Adnan says that he is already back at his school and does not have his phone. And that call happened around like 3.30. And Nisha testifies that she did have a call from Adnan where she spoke to him and spoke to Jay around and that like time of day sounds about right. However, when she describes the details of the phone call, she says that uh, Adnan called her to tell her that Jay invited him to the adult video store that he worked, so pornography. Right. But Jay did not have that job until a couple weeks after Hay was murdered. Hmm. So they think that people's like memory of when these particular calls is inaccurate, since the context of the call is incorrect to the timeline. Um, and then when... Nisha testifies about this on the stand. The like prosecution cuts her off when she mentions the adult video store and is like, no, 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 no. Mention the rest of the content of the phone call. 
and they think Taken that out might of context be... what well no they said Never mention the rest before. yeah mention the rest of the context as in like don't talk about that part that would uh ruin the validity of this phone call in this yeah, case yeah exactly is yeah so that one's like mm, suspicious well i mean it's it, it, so it's a, it's such a cut and dry story that the cops clearly didn't want to fucking do their job for or again so, motivated by racism yeah so shortly after the whole um anonymous phone call and jay spitting all these stories uh adnan is arrested they go to trial the first trial is considered a mistrial because the jury overhears the judge basically calling adnan's lawyer a liar so they were like, oh, that's not a fair case. Um, and then in the second trial, his lawyer does a shit job because she doesn't present like a lot of the cell phone evidence that corroborates his story. She never presents the um, the witness that says that she was with him during the supposed time of the murder and like a, a, a couple other things. So they largely use the like hurt pride, jilted lover motive. Um, part of Hayes' diary says that Adnan was possessive and couldn't let go of their relationship, um, which is like, I don't know, you could really take it both ways. Of They're in high school and they broke up like two weeks ago and you started dating somebody new and he's upset about it. But like, is he murderously upset? We don't know. Right. So it's mostly like Jay's story and these phone calls there's not really like physical evidence that places him at the scene or in her murder other than like the palm print in her car. Um, and the like maybe phone call that happened at three 30 that would place him with Jay. So then um, basically what happened is a couple podcasts covered this case and it reopened the case and started showing, uh, they started like questioning a lot of the evidence that was presented, like how the cell phone towers don't really ping correctly to the storylines that are told. The storylines are inconsistent. Um, some of it was that the story is that he killed her and put her in the trunk. And then she was in the trunk for several hours until she was buried after like seven or 8 PM or whatever. Um, but the actual evidence on her body suggests that, like, due to rigor mortis, if she was in, a like, a fetal position or, like, curled up in a trunk or, like, squished at all, like, she would have been stuck in that position after several hours of being dead. But the evidence when they dug her up was that she, immediately after being killed, was rolled over face down and left like that for several hours. Hmm. So that conflicts with the whole concept of her being in a trunk for most of the day. Right. Um, and then there's a bunch of inconsistencies with the cell towers and all that shit. So then in 2020, 2021, his case was allowed to be appealed and they did more DNA now that DNA evidence has evolved, because I think like around like 2003, DNA evidence evolved, but he, I don't think he was allowed to appeal his case until recently. So they, oh, man. he was in for a while then. Yeah. So he's been in for like 23 years at this Oof. point. They redo the DNA evidence and the DNA evidence comes back that pretty conclusively, like he wasn't the person that did this. And 
The police acknowledge that there are two other suspects in the case that are strong contenders for people who could have murdered her. Um, one of them being the guy that peed in the woods. And another one being a guy at Adnan's, I think, mosque. Mosque. Is the correct word? Yeah. A guy at Adnan's mosque. His church. Who is like, yeah, who's like a youth leader was accused of being like he got a divorce and a bunch of the evidence cited for why they were getting a divorce was that he was like viciously beating his ex-wife and violent. He had made death threats about Hay previously, like in front of other people. And um, he had also been, he's like currently in jail for like grooming and sexually assaulting young boys and young men. Um, And when he was arrested for one of his uh, sexual assaults that he got caught in the middle of, he had a picture of Adnan on his person. So that one's like a pretty strong contender of like maybe stalker possessive, like murdered this girl. It could have been murdered if she wasn't murdered by someone else first. Yeah. Um, so these other two people are strong contenders for suspects in the case. But not Jay? Um, no. Um, there is circumstantial, so there's circumstantial evidence that the reason that they, some people think Jay made the anonymous phone call because the, at the time, the, like, anonymous tip hotline rewards people for, val- like, information that gets validated. Oh, what um, a piece of shit. And, and the reward money for that was a little over $3,000. And when Jay approaches the police about, like, having information about the case... And accuses Adnan. He spends a bunch of the ride along talking about a motorcycle that he wants to buy from one of the teachers at the school that costs about three grand. And so, like, even in the police notes of the ride along, they write reward question mark. So there's there's circumstantial evidence slash some people think that Jay did all of it because he wanted the reward money to buy this motorcycle. Measly three thousand dollars. Did at least get like a did he at least get like a perjury slap? Um no. I think he ended up taking a plea deal that involved no jail time by throwing Adnan completely under the bus and like admitting that all these things happened. I hope he's getting harassed by people. Yeah, real curious. What a piece um, of but yeah, garbage so like, human. Interesting case. It seems like from modern evidence that Adnan did not do it Cleanest. and has just been in jail for 23 years. Uh, well, yeah, that's what you get that for that not like, being white in America, I guess. Yeah, sorry that that was like a little bit all over the place, but really interesting is it still Rather ongoing? Fucked up story. Um, no, currently he is out of jail and just like trying to live his life again. I get it. Uh, I don't. Was I don't, he? Um, I'm sure the case itself is still ongoing. Was since he exonerated? They have, like, was he? Was he given a fat paycheck? 
I don't think so. I think he is now involved in one of the like programs that talks about falsification. Yeah, that that shit happens way too often. Conviction and things. Yeah. Yeah, so just like super interesting. His lawyer sucked, totally screwed him over. The prosecution like didn't present uh, some evidence that would have helped his lawyer state a case. Like there's just a lot of holes going on. The prosecution's entire defense was based off this like arbitrary phone call timeline that and this person's testimony that weren't super reliable. Well, I mean, ultimately, the the prosecution was, well, I mean, it mostly fits, and we don't care enough to actually check, so whatever. Pretty much. At what point were you like, this is lighthearted? Yeah. Well, I meant, like, my version of lighthearted was, like, he was falsely accused, but has now been released. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it sucks sucks that he he served so long, but, like, I really hope... He was given a, a exoneration like paycheck or something because I know some people get out and they're like the state's like we're very very sorry he was a million dollars and um I I haven't totally read up on that most recent part uh, as far as I can tell he got a you know like a we fucked up because I think the modern police chief for that area was like this was a complete miscarriage of justice good. Um, so at the very well, like least, he's gotten an apology justice, but... and lives with his family now, and they're hyped to have him back. So hopefully, yeah. you know that sucks. Twenty years, twenty murder. years shaved away because some tweaker is like, "Oh man, yeah. three thousand dollars." Yeah, he went in for I think like life in prison. Fuck you, Jay. <laughs> yeah, he's like forty-one now. Uh, uh Yeah. Uh, that's rough. I just feel yep. bad for him. Like it's cool, great that he got out. Like awesome, but like you shouldn't have been in there. No, in the, the first whole situation place. is awful. Yeah, like Jesus. All right, let's lighten this up with uh, judging somebody being an asshole or not. Do are we judging the lawyer? I mean, the the lawyer sucked. <laughs> All right, an asshole. Stamp of approval. Uh, am I the asshole for getting pregnancy craving during a party? Um. You know what? Controversial initial opinion. I'm going to say yes, because sometimes pregnant people do wild shit yeah. and like to blame it, blame it on pregnancy cravings. Yeah. And some of it is excusable. Yeah. But also it's like there is a line between when you understand that what you're doing is fucked yeah. and you're still doing it and you can apologize and be like, I'm so sorry. I'm being controlled by this uh, <laughs> being in my body that is wildly changing my ability to make rational decisions. So I apologize for my actions. And then there's... Right now we're doing some a, Pacific Rim shit and somebody else has control of my mechanical body. Yeah, well, and the, but then there's like, hey, I ate your wedding cake first because I'm pregnant. That's cool, right? Yeah, like, no, no, you still got to apologize for that. I mean, you, you, you do apologize. You have, like, you're like, you I have a reason, not an excuse. Like, I genuinely, like, I'm not myself and I'm really, really, really sorry. Is there anything I could do? Like, that is fine. It's, but, like, doing it and a, then being like, oh, pregnancy cravings. And then after having the kid, we're like, what? I was having pregnancy cravings. That's a valid thing. Like, it's not. It's a reason. It is not an excuse. Mm-hmm. Important distinction. All right, read me the deets. Oh, wait, sorry. What's your judgment? Oh, I'm completely with you. Like, 
we have a mirror okay. opinion here. Okay, fantastic. What is your what are what are the details? Then? I twenty nine female am pregnant. That's weird how they wrote that. I'm pregnant Pregnart. with my boyfriend Sam thirty two. You're pregnant that with sounds him. Sounds like a username. Uh, that was, he's he's thirty two. My friend, Chris, I know Sam thirty two sounds like a username though. My uh my friend Chris recently was like we were pregnant talking about him and his wife and I was like oh you were pregnant and he goes well it was like a team thing and I look at him and was just like no hey he carried Mostly half no. of it two term all right look he carried half half of it half of it and then many dumped it in his wife's days, box yeah or years sperm live. <laughs> I think it's like 72 hours outside of the body. Okay, he carried half of it. <laughs> but no, I mean, how long do they live inside the body? Oh, that can be up to, uh, I don't remember, maybe like a week? It, it can last a long how time. How long do, do sperm live? Sperm live inside Google autocorrects you to the toilet seat. About 74 days. All right, so he Whoa. carried half that pregnancy Whoa. for 74 days. So, like, that's two months of work. That's uh, that, that's that's something. All right. Um, After this, the sperm cells die and are reabsorbed. I mean, that makes sense. Sam and I went to a party for his family. No Sam momentous 32. occasional... Like, man, this person sucks at writing. No momentous occasional, just a normal family get-together. During my pregnancy, I have had intense cravings. Solid. While we were at the party, I told Sam I was craving a slushy. God, I'd fuck up a slushy right now. Dude, don't get you started on slushies. You have opinions. <laughs> uh, all right, so we're real, all yeah. craving a slushy now. Uh, about 30 minutes away. We had just arrived 20 minutes prior. He said to give him a little while and we'd go get one. All right. After about 30 minutes, I said it again to Sam. He said, fine, get in the car. On our way there, we got into an argument, and he thinks the craving should could have waited a couple hours. Yeah. He's now mad at me, and we have to leave the party early. We see his family two to three times a month, sometimes more, and I don't think it's a big deal to leave while I was having a craving. Am Why I the asshole? Why did he have to go with you? Are you so pregnant you can't, you can't sit in a I mean, vehicle and drive? probably i don't know some people no, some people don't drive i i understand yeah but like that's not mentioned it's not like i'm so pregnant i can't drive and i have this wild ass craving like bro. i feel like if that were true that would be included bro i'm surprised she managed to shit this word soup out as it was we're not reading this it's <laughs> all over the place say, when you started reading it you were struggling what's the title uh Am I the asshole for getting a pregnancy craving during a party? I could just link it to you. Yeah, I was going to go look at the the word soup that you're reading. And I'm intrigued about the comments opinion. I mean, at first it's fine, but then when you're reading it, you're like, that's weird word. You're like, oh, Jesus. These are letters that shouldn't be here. To be fair, she is pregnant. Oh, so edit. Thank you, everyone. I get I'm the asshole. Yes. But I can't handle the death threats in my inbox? Well, that is what Over you get. Over a slushy? Yeah, I know it's that. That is what you get for being a woman on the internet. Like yeah. you're you're going to get death threats. Rachel, you're going to get some too soon, I'm sure. Yeah, that's why I'm not going to read anything about our podcast. Long story short, or actually, it's a pretty short story. Even shorter. Yeah, kind of an asshole. I mean, if you don't feel yeah. bad about it. 
Yeah, well, like this this commenter's like why can't four you get the slushy pregnant. and come back? Yeah, okay, that's my thing. Get the slushy, come back. Like, do you live in the middle of fucking nowhere? Well, she said the uh, uh, about thirty minutes away. I don't know what that's referring to. Maybe the slushy is thirty minutes away. We had just arrived about twenty minutes prior. While we were at the party, I told Sam I was craving a slushy. Yeah, it sounds like the slushy is about thirty minutes away. Gee, and they, they well, they'd only like, been girl, there for twenty minutes. If you're craving it that hard, just fucking drive there and drive back. Let him stay there and enjoy his family. He'll get a whole hour. Yeah. And you'll be a happy, slushy-filled pregnant lady. Maybe. There's yeah, no one telling. of these commenters is like the the most that happens when you don't indulge is you cry. I mean, <laughs> which yeah. you're still entirely aware that it's just your hormones. But still, uh, she's simply the asshole because she doesn't see it and has to post it on the Internet. Yeah, that, exactly. that's ultimately it's the, it. It's the whole concept of like you can have the craving. You can even have like the crying about the craving. But you should still be conscious of the fact that it's a wild ass fucking craving that I, you're being there, weird about. There's a line that you, you cross and that there it is. Yeah. Like, your spouse does not need to bend over backwards for your fucking wild cravings. If they want to do it to be nice to you, like, that's a, a gesture, but it's, the obligatory nature is not okay. Yeah, she's awful. She's the worst. Her kid is going <laughs> to be a blight. I cried over being unable to get a donut from a certain store because they were closed. Same. Not even pregnant. I don't want to... Yeah, I'm not... I'm certainly not pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. I am certainly not pregnant. God, I, we went to the the fairy festival with Jasmine. I don't know if I told you this story. Um, uh, I I don't know if you told me the story. I did I, see pictures I, of the I certainly festival. was like not um, excited to go because like uh, it where it is and like fairy festivals like it's gonna have a certain clientele that I'm like ugh just exhausting. But I decided to go mm. because like off the plaza is like that little donut pizza shop and I was fucking yeah. stoked. It was closed <laughs> on Sunday. I was so oh, mad. No. Ah. Oh, and that then, was so instead, slushy. we went to the the Italian an Italian restaurant and had some of the most expensive, mediocre chicken parmesan I've ever had. Expensive, goddamn mediocre food. Ugh. I have such a problem with that. Anyway, I uh, I think that is going to conclude our show for the week. I believe. Thank you for listening. I'm on yep. brand Gamage. And I'm on brand Rachel, and you have been uh, listening to We Have That Podcast at Home. You've been podcasted. We podcasted You've all over been your face. Podcastod. Uh, make next make week, sure to take Plan be... P in the morning. <laughs> plan P. <laughs> um, next week, we will be taking on the riveting world of... God damn, I'm sick of this. It's wild card again. Let's get fucked. Wild card. All right. I love wild card. It's you always a wild, wild card. card. No, wild card started out weird and it's gotten better. We're doing wild, wild card, card next week. What is that going to be? Card. I don't actually know. We'll find out. Ooh, I'm going to decide on the toilet tomorrow. Month. 
Oh, I'm going to eat three-day old Taco Bell tonight and then figure it out <laughs> while I'm fighting for my life. <laughs> Dude, I got to be honest <laughs> with you. I ate questionable lunch meat today and I'm just waiting. Yeah. Ah, oh, man, I know what you mean. Like, you, you eat something, you're like, there's no way that's going to leave without a well, fight. I like, I looked at it when I pulled it out of the fridge and was like, I don't know if that's good. This isn't it gonna didn't end smell bad, but it looked weird, and I was like, mm, <laughs> "We might, we might be excavating some bowels this evening." <laughs> all right. Well, okay, that's cool. that's so, that's great. We will see you all next week. Goodbye. We'll catch you next time on Russian Roulette.